You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. You're listening to Comedy Central. everything in four days. Hey, we've got a great show for you tonight. Cheryl and Eiffel will be joining me, so let's get into it. Let's start with the big political news. Facebook and Instagram are ending the two-year ban they imposed on Donald Trump after January 6th and allowing the former president back on their sites. I mean, letting Trump back on Facebook is crazy. You're just asking for trouble. It's like letting Hannibal Lecter babysit your most delicious child. (laughs) But Facebook is putting it back online anyway because they say that, quote, the public should be able to hear what their politicians are saying. And to that, let me say, quote, fooey. know Facebook is losing a ton of money and they want that Trump attention back. They need a hit. Trump is their white lotus. (laughs) Right? I mean, he's the Jennifer Coolidge of the internet. (laughs) Yeah, I'm fun. maybe for the first week, they should just allow him to only post cat photos. You know, (laughs) let's see how it goes. If you see a bunch of cats storming the Capitol, (laughs) although adorable, shut it down. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Moving on to some tech news. You ever play that game where you ask, what if you could have dinner with anyone in history? Personally, for me, it would be Jesus, because my mother is watching. (laughs) Well, the good news is AI is making this fantasy happen. The bad news is 
there's one name on the invite list that probably shouldn't be there. Meantime tonight, a new AI app intended to create interest in history is instead causing controversy. Historical Figures Chat was created by an Amazon software engineer. It allows users to select historical figures and have a conversation with an AI pretending to be them. People have been chatting with figures like Jesus, Babe Ruth, and now Adolf Hitler. Activists worry Hitler's addition will attract and encourage neo-Nazis. Why would anyone make an AI Hitler? That's the last thing we need. And we already have an app where you can hear Hitler's uncensored views. It's called Twitter. <laughs> and look, parents are already worried about what their kids are doing online. Now they'll be knocking on their kids' bedroom door like, Jeremy, you better not be in there talking to Hitler. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Because if you've ever been to a museum, you might have thought that the biggest problem is pretending you know what Baroque is. <laughs> $30 for a ticket? My Baroque ass can't pay that. <laughs> but it turns out there's even a bigger problem that's finally being addressed. The word mummy is being canceled. Museums are choosing to go with different terms, largely because of the pop culture view, which tends to portray mummies as monsters. So CNN says more museums are choosing to go with the term mummified person to restore the person's humanity. <laughs> I, wait, wait a minute. Let, let's be clear right off the bat. Mummies aren't monsters. It's only a monster when it gets the f up. <laughs> But yes, they want, to, they want us to be respectful. The correct usage is mummified persons. As in, why the hell do half our senators look like mummified persons? <laughs> if you ask me, the museums are making a big mistake here. Having a monster in the museum is the only thing that gets kids in the door. You think kids are coming to see them old-ass bowls? No! They're coming to see a mommy! And finally, Missouri is the latest state to consider a law banning critical race theory in schools. But that's not all. This law also offers teachers $3,000 to take a course in how to teach patriotism. Man, if I was a teacher, I'd be pissed. $3,000 for patriotism course? I, like, I knew this whole time y'all had money for school supplies. <laughs> I mean, you got me out here giving students pins that I ripped off the chain at the bank. <laughs> for more on this patriotism course, let's turn to Roy Wood Jr. No, you're going you're gonna to mess up my count. Hang on a second. Okay, all right, I got my count straight. What's, what's going on? Okay, I, I just want to know, what, what do you know about this patriotism course? <sighs> you know, what can I tell you about this patriotism course? I can tell you a lot about the patriotism course because I took it. You took the course? But, but, but it's for teachers. Why would you take it? 
for $3,000, shit. <laughs> took the course 20 times, look at all this damn money. I took the course as Roy Wood Jr., then I went back as Roy Wood Sr., went back as Michael Jordan, Michael B. Jordan, all you gotta do with these white people, man, just tell them you one black dude and then they believe you. I'm going back next week as Frederick Douglass. <laughs> $3,000. Okay, but well, did you learn anything? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I came out with a real appreciation for the founding fathers. Founding fathers like Ben Franklin. <laughs> founding fathers like Andrew Jackson, okay, too. Okay, no, no, boy, I mean... I got a Jackson what, in here. Okay, look, what did the course teach you? It can't be that good if it's run by a bunch of Missouri Republicans. I mean, actually, I learned a lot. First thing I learned, I learned that Missouri is one of the most important states in our union. Did you know, without Missouri, Iowa would fall into Arkansas. (laughs) And it would just be chaos. Just a big hole in the middle of the country. It's structurally important. Look, all Republican history is very interesting. It's very interesting. It's very interesting because I learned that Abraham Lincoln was assassinated by Hillary Clinton and... Hold on, this, this is, this is, I learned this. This was in the book. Now, I also learned Harriet Tubman. You know Harriet Tubman? She's really a white man. <laughs> you can't run from the truth. You can't run from the truth. You learned a bunch of nonsense. Look, look, it wasn't all nonsense. I'll tell you one thing I really learned we really do need to keep pushing for CRT because I think we finally found a way for Republicans to start giving more money to teachers. That's what we gotta do. You keep them scared, they'll find more money for the teachers. I'm telling you right now, that's why I printed up these fake textbooks. I'm gonna start leaving these at all the schools. I'm gonna scare the hell out of these Republicans. They're gonna be giving all the money. Look at some of these subjects. Look at this one, this one. AP reparations. That's scary. That's scary. You got a drag queen philosophy. That's a good scary book right there. That's a good scary book right there. We got AOC's ABC's. Oh, that's a scary textbook. That's gonna get a lot of money. This the one right here. Now this the one. This the one gonna get them all. George Washington, our first non-binary president. Tell you. Okay, they, they, they're really not gonna like that one. Oh, no, they're not, they not. Look, just, just wait until you read this book. You read this George Washington book and find out the truth. He chopped down that cherry tree and used the wood to make an abortion clinic. <laughs> okay, this, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Look, look, look. In this, in this, it, to, to, no, to, this is history. It's not ridiculous, it's history. I read it in a book. You need to learn something about our country's very history, Wanda. I'm happy to teach you for $3,000. Roy Wood Jr., everybody. Give you a little money. Give you a little money. Give you a little money. Yeah. Top.
Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. take a few minutes to tell you something that happened to me, okay? So, I was on the LIE, that's the Long Island Expressway, and I got pulled over. Okay, the officer, he was a young Eric Estrada type. Uh, <laughs> he said I entered the HOV lane illegally, okay? I, maybe I did, maybe I didn't, I don't know. So, he handed me the, he handed me the ticket, and it was rolled up with a, a rubber band, you know, like, like it was a grade school diploma or something. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so the next day, I was like, you know, I wasn't really thinking much about it. I said, like, you know what, let me check this ticket out. So I rolled the scroll, and it was actually four tickets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One was for entering the HOV lane illegally. One was for an obstructed license plate, which was totally bullshit. One was for disobeying traffic signals, and he also gave me a ticket for exiting the HOV lane illegally. <laughs> I was like, you were behind me with your lights on. You made me exit illegally. <laughs> so it added up to about, you know, hundreds of dollars in fines and a bunch of points. Yeah, so I gave it to my business manager, and they gave it to a lawyer, and he took care of it. Actually, the lawyer said he ran into the judge in the hallway. Didn't even have to go to court, all right? So, small fine, no points. I kept the rubber band, by the way. <laughs> now, I was lucky, right? I have the means to deal with these kind of situations. Okay, more specifically, I have money. <laughs> I mean, I don't have murder money. <laughs> commit a few infractions, you know, petty ones. Running late, don't have quarters for the meter. Ah, it, give me the ticket. <laughs> but it did make me think, you know, for a lot of people, just getting a ticket could practically ruin your life. And that's what I want to talk about in tonight's installment of Long Story Short. America, police are handing out 112,000 speeding tickets every day. Yeah, that's a lot of tickets. I'm like, where do they find the time to shoot people? <laughs> and, and those tickets aren't going, going away anytime soon because these fines aren't just to punish you. It turns out local governments need that money to keep the lights on. 
Traffic stops aren't always about safety or hunting contraband or crime. Some cities use traffic stops to raise money. The cities and counties that are trying to use these schemes, trying to use these fines and fees to balance their budget, are basically charging a backdoor tax to poor people. In the South, municipalities strapped for cash have been targeting the most vulnerable citizens, who are primarily black and living under the poverty line. In Missouri, some of these municipalities generate anywhere from 20 to 40% of their total revenue by finding citizens. That's right. These cities are filling their budgets on the backs of poor people. Yeah. So the next time a cop asks, do you know why I pulled you over? You can be like, let me guess, the mayor wants a standing desk? <laughs> and getting fined is bad enough. But then they tack on a bunch of extra fees payment plan fees, collection fees. One county even has a $51 processing fee. So it costs you $51 to give me a $30 ticket. How about you not giving me the ticket and you just saved yourself $21? (laughs) And let's say, and let's say you're like a lot of people and don't have all this money just laying around. Well, in 14 states, your ass might be going to jail. Yeah, you heard me right. 14 states will send you to jail for being poor. And if you want to know what states those are, it's probably the ones you're thinking of. (laughs) And guess what? You could come out of jail owing even more because they actually charge you another fee for going to jail. Like, that's so messed up. Okay, wait a minute. I'm in jail because I couldn't pay, and now you're charging me more for being in jail? You know I couldn't pay? That's why I was here in the first place. (laughs) What, do you think I hit the lottery while I was in jail? (laughs) But you know what? It doesn't have to be this way. A lot of other countries never find you more than you can afford. They find you based on your income. This makes it more fair, since billionaires aren't paying the same fines as people who work at the dollar store. And if you're thinking, that must lead to some expensive-ass tickets, you'd be right. A man in Finland got caught speeding, and boy, did he have to pay up. Listen to this. A Finnish millionaire got a $58,000 fine for going 64 miles per hour in a 50 zone. Well, that seems kind of crazy here. Over in Finland, speeding tickets are based on your income. The highest ticket so far was $103,000, a ticket given to a Nokia executive who made roughly $14 million that year. I tell you what. Tell you what, we did that here. That will make me start putting those quarters in the parking meter. (laughs) Look, if the ticket is meant to punish you, it should feel like a punishment. $30 for a rich person is not a punishment. Rich people don't even know money goes that low. (laughs) If you ask Jeff Bezos for $30, he'll be like, "Uh, do I just rip a corner off of this $100 bill? So long story short, stop using poor people as your little take a penny jar, especially over small shit. If anything, we should be doing the opposite. I propose every highway should have a broke lane. (laughs) Do what you want. Do what you want to do in a broke lane. Bust the tail light, expired registration, dangling muffler, who cares? You can haul ass in the broke lane because you got to get from your second job to your third job. I don't care. Do whatever whatever it takes. But if you get caught in the broke lane, 
talking about? Well, I'm trying to get to my squash game at the country club. <laughs> then the officer can say, ooh, I'm gonna have to tase you. <laughs> and the electricity has a $51 processing fee. <laughs> All right, stay tuned, because when we come back, Cheryl Lynn Eiffel will be joining me on the show. Don't go away. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Legal Defense Fund. Please welcome Cheryl and Eiffel. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to have you here. So, um, I want to get your titles right, okay, because last year you passed on the mantle of President and Director Counsel of the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. Yes, I did. Now, how hard is it to leave that job? Because you, you can't go, well, my work here is done, because <laughs> there's so much more work to yeah. do. No, it was hard. I love uh, the Legal Defense Fund. It's where I started my career, and I love the work, and um, I feel like I was made for, for that position. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like um, I led it at the right moment. You know, that, that almost 10 years that I led the organization was right for me. And I really believe transition is part of leadership. I think especially in the civil rights space, sometimes we, we hold on a little too long. Mm. And I think it's healthy for our organizations when we pass that mantle. And fortunately for me, I had an amazing deputy, Janae Nelson, who's now the head of the organization. And I know that she can continue the work well. And I have things I want to do because the work is not finished. Okay. And and you said that, uh, well, you've said that if you were in the private sector, that you would be on the cover of Forbes magazine. (laughs) I think nonprofits get, you know, we don't get, we don't get no respect, um, as Rodney Dangerfield used to say, in that um, it's very hard to do this job. And in addition to doing the substantive work, you're a business leader. You're leading a staff. I mean, I grew LDF five times the size it was in staff, in budget, in endowment. um, And that's not, not a small thing. And, um, 
you know, I think if you're if you're running a for-profit company and you do that, you know, people consider you a financial wizard and a superstar. Right. And I think I was a superstar. Absolutely. Um, and um, so I think it's important to say it. But, but does the nonprofit allow you to, to do more of the type of work that you want to do, like to achieve the goals that you want? Or like, could you do that the same work like in the private sector? No. I mean, when I was a little girl, I wanted to become a civil rights lawyer. That's mm-hmm. what I wanted. I wanted to be in a position where I could strategically confront issues of inequality and injustice wherever they are, uh, however they, they appear. Sometimes that means, you know, that we sue corporations. Sometimes we sue states. Sometimes we sue cities. Um, And so the nonprofit space allows us to be, you know, independent. Mm -hmm. We don't take any money from government. And that allows us to do whatever we have to do because, you know, racism and white supremacy is a complex structure. And if you want to get at it structurally, you have to be able to meet it where those structures are kind of manifesting the injustice. And you don't want to be restricted in that by who gave you money or, um, you know, by the rules of government. You want to be able to really get at it. So I love being in the nonprofit sector. I just want us to feel worthy of the kind of respect that people get in the for-profit sector for all the aspects of what we do. And in fact, we do a little bit, we do a lot with a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we do it gladly and joyfully because of our commitment to the work. So it's just I love the nonprofit world, and I particularly love the nonprofit civil rights world. And but now it's time to get paid. <laughs> no. Okay. No, no. This, this is what I want to. Um, right now, the Supreme Court—they're they're hearing a case about affirmative action yeah. in college. This keeps coming up over and over again. Like, wh- why do you think you know we're, we're still? having this battle. Yeah, it's quite interesting. You know, uh, so I'm a litigator, and and most litigators, uh, lawyers know that if you're going to take a case up to the Supreme Court, you're bound by precedent. If the Supreme Court has decided that issue before Mm -hmm. and has decided it one way, it's very hard to get the court to reverse course. It happens, uh, but it's hard to do, and you have to really have a reason for why you think at this moment the court should reverse course. Um, but this court has been doing it quite a bit at a brisk clip. Yes. Um, and, you know, obviously we know the Dobbs decision overturned Roe versus Wade, a 50-year-old uh, decision, and affirmative action as well. I mean, it's not as though the court is not deciding affirmative action over and over again. This is like, you know, you just keep going till you get the court you want. Um, in 1979, in the Bakke case, affirmative action in college admissions was challenged and upheld. It was upheld again then in the Grutter case um, out of University of Michigan. Then in 2016, again, in the Fisher case, University of Texas. And after the University of Texas lost, the man who has been behind this whole effort basically said, uh, you know, using a kind of a clue from the dissent of Justices Thomas and Alito, I think I need Asian-American plaintiffs. And he set about crafting a set of of claims that um, race conscious admissions is actually discriminatory against Asian-Americans. And that's the claim that he had brought uh, in 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 Harvard at Harvard. And that's the case that's now before the Supreme Court. But should the Supreme Court be hearing this again when they just heard it in 2016 and before that just heard it in 2002 and before that just, you know, but um, it's a new court. Right. And so basically you have somebody who keeps coming back and now they have the court they want. Okay, but this scares me about the court, though, the court we have now. Right. I mean, it's 
it, the Supreme Court has really been our only recourse for justice. I mean, yeah. pretty much everything that we've gotten as far as rights, right, has been based a, a decision from the Supreme Court. Now, every like like you said, Roe has been overturned. What do we do now? How, how do we get past this court? Well, I think actually it's a sobering sobering moment for us to recognize that. Although I think many of us grew up in a period of time where we believe that, it's in fact not true. It is true that the court decided Brown versus Board of Education, mm-hmm. which ended legal apartheid in this country and really changed American democracy. And there have been many other civil rights division, d- decisions from the court that have been wonderful. Most of them have not been wonderful, actually, um, in the history of the United States Supreme Court. And so we've always had to supplement it with legislative action, with the Civil Rights Act of 1964, with the Voting Rights Act of 1965, with the Fair Housing Act of 1968. Um, we've had to supplement it with direct action, with protests, with boycotts. We've had to supplement it with education. We've had to supplement it in all kinds of ways. And so it's always been a multi-pronged strategy. The problem we have now, though, is that the court seems bent on dismantling the successes we make in those other realms. And so we see that with, for example, the, the Voting Rights Act, which has been severely weakened, mm-hmm. you know, by this Supreme Court. That's where we have to really start to get worried. And it is a real problem. Um, it is not something to be taken lightly. And it's not just a partisan battle, as many people think. I've been a civil rights lawyer for 30 years. You win some and you lose some. The rule of law is that you abide by what the court says and does. But you do that with the knowledge that the court is behaving fairly and with integrity and legitimately. And when you start feeling like um, decisions are being made without the proper foundation, then it gets very hard to convince your clients that it's a fair system. And so I think we are in a kind of perilous moment um, as it relates to the court. Before you go, I know you said something I want to get to, um, that you said our democracy, it, we're, we're, it's like a teenage, we're teenagers, this, our, we're, we're young, it's like teenagers. So what democracy is, what, staying up all night on, on uh, Snapchat and well, something? I mean, what, what, you know, I mean, uh, yes, like teenagers who think they know everything, who um, have a grandiose sense of themselves, uh, who throw tantrums. Yes, we, we are. I mean, if you think about American democracy, at least for me, I wouldn't count America as a democracy, as, I, certainly as a nation, but not as a democracy until at least 1954 when Brown was decided. Because you can't call a country a democracy if um, by law, if by law a whole segment of citizens can be denied the right to participate in the political system. So that's just, and that's being pretty generous. That's 1954. I would take it to 1965 with the Voting Rights Act because before the passage, before the passage of the Voting Rights Act, even though the right of black people should have been guaranteed by the 14th and 15th Amendments to the Constitution enacted and ratified after the Civil War, most black people then lived in the South and still live in the South. And most of the South was denying the vote to black people. So until 1965, I wouldn't call us even credibly a democracy. And if you think of it that way, then we are young. Okay. And so we're still figuring this thing out. And I'd say, Wanda, just to give people hope. We're Please all- give me some I'm hope. I'm going to give you some hope. Please. <laughs> Please, Shirley, give me some hope. We're, we're also trying to do something that no other country has done. There is no template for the kind of multiracial democracy with the kind of history of white supremacy and slavery. There's no other country that's trying to do that in the dynamic way that we are doing it. 
Um, we talk about, you know, being a nation of immigrants, which is not entirely true, but immigration is a huge part of, of the character of our country, and 20th century immigration, for sure, made the country have the caste that it does. And so we're trying to create something. We're not trying to do something like another country. We're not pointing to them and saying, oh, yeah, like that. Um, we're trying to do something very particular, and it's hard. And that's what I'm currently writing a book about. It's called Is This America? And um, it is about race, but it is also about what I think of at this moment as the last best chance for us to really create a healthy democracy in this country. Okay, well, when you finish your book, uh, I, I will be here, but I'm sure they'll bring you back and there'll be a nice white guy sitting here. <laughs> interview. Okay. okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. And uh, well, we're, uh, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back after this. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. week because your new guest host is going to be my friend D.L. Hughley. And if you want to catch me again, I'll be in Philadelphia February 3rd and 4th filming my new hour special. Check out the link below for tickets. Explore more shows from The Daily Show Podcast Universe by searching The Daily Show wherever you get your podcasts. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.